Have you thought about becoming a career coach, but not sure what it's really like? Not sure how to get started? Well, we've got you covered. Let's drop into this week's conversation of how to become a career coach. Hey, welcome back to How to Become a Career Coach. This is a brand new season. That's right. It is a brand new season. And we have so much in store for you and a few surprises along the way. I know that if you've tuned in for the last two seasons, you've been able to hear how many coaches have made their initial transition into coaching. You've been able to hear how they've grown their businesses. You've been able to hear some of them that don't necessarily even have a traditional business, how they've been able to partner with other organizations in order to fulfill their desires to become a coach and have the types of freedom that they're looking for and be able to serve people in the way that they want. And we have much more of that in store for you in season three of HBCC. Today, though, I have one of my favorite people on the entire planet with me to help you understand what's coming for this new season. And I want to introduce him. He's been on briefly before. So this is the second time on HBCC. However, he also, just to give you a little bit behind the scenes, actually, he is the person who helped us create our professional career coaching certification and training program behind the scenes. He has created his own business. He has been there, done that. He's one of the main people in Happen to Your Career and our professional career coaching brand that gets to serve people that are wanting to not settle in their lives and their careers every single day and want to be able to make stuff happen for themselves, whatever that looks like and whatever your goals look like. So I want to welcome to HBCC, Philip Mianko. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back, Scott. I feel like I deserve a trophy for uh, being one of your most favorite people in the entire world. So I'll expect that in the mail, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's going to come the same way that cookies come in Slack. We, <laughs> we have a little bit behind the scenes. We have a Slack channel, which is just messaging and a new way to work, way to communicate. But we have it set up so that when you say intentionally or accidentally certain terms like in this case, signature strengths, mm -hmm. then you get this message that says, you just want a cookie. But guess what? You have to, you know, get up and go get your cookie. <laughs> you have to get up and go get your own cookie because we work remotely. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyhow, really excited to have you on here. Excited to be back for season three. Yeah. And we're going to unveil a few of these surprises here shortly. But here's what I wanted to do a little bit of first. I wanted to ask you a few questions about your background, and I know you really well, but this audience does not know you quite as well. Even though you've been on the show before, you've been on Happened to Your Career podcast many times over, but where did your career journey start out in the first place? Long before you ever became interested in, in career coaching, where did your career journey begin? Yeah. So I come from a small family business in Southern Ohio. I know I talk to tons of people coming to us who either have opened their own businesses, started or come from a family business and just have that entrepreneurial bone in their body. And I wear the name tag, I wear the badge and that, that's where I come from. And my grandfather started a landfill and hauling business. So essentially it was the uh, giant hole in the ground and trash trucks and everything like that in 1971. And we ran that business my our entire lives. I grew up 
I literally had a trash route. So I picked up trash on Wednesdays. Ironically, that's when we do our PCC classes. Anyways, I grew up my entire life around trash trucks, um, construction type equipment, all those types of things until we later sold it in 2014. And from there, Scott and I share a lot of similarities that we both have an HR background. So I started in HR. I went to recruiting which led me to a job working for a competitor of Indeed. So it was like a job board. And essentially, I've got to see all parts of the job search process to where you get onboarded as a client or as an employee to a new company, to how are people actually looking for jobs online and all of the technologies that come into place from when you hit the apply button to when your employer actually sees your resume. So seeing this full circle kind of, spectrum and getting so many times of when I was a recruiter, people coming to me about not knowing what they wanted to do. I brain sparked, a uh, light bulb came on, I'm sure like for many of our listeners. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to open up my own career coaching business. And like Scott mentioned, that's exactly what I did. And I started working with a lot of clients and found myself like so many people that we talked to, I just naturally always was having these types of conversations and wanted to begin and just have more of them on a day-to-day -day basis. And so for me, this meant working evenings and weekends, something I was used to growing up in the business, but also it meant that I found my way to happen to your career. And eventually, and I, I might've mentioned this on the podcast, I started stalking Scott and found him, got on Skype with him. And eventually that's where we lead today, where helped him create the PCC program and talking to you here now. The one thing that I think is easy to gloss over mm. that I think is really important about your background is not only did you have that end to end seeing everything that happens in recruiting and hiring and interaction with you know HR and different departments and you name it, but also I think something that when you and I got to meet early on, you were and are predisposed to taking action around something in, in many different ways. And the one of the ways that you do that, because you're such a relator, like every single person that, by the way, a little bit of background too. So Philip is one of the people in our business that gets to chat every single day with people that are interested in making career changes or yeah. people that are interested in coming into our professional career coaching program or you know any ways that we end up having conversations and you are such a relator that interestingly enough one of the ways that you take action that I saw very very early on when you reached out to me was by building relationships mm -hmm. and like <laughs> that's that's a big portion of what you do and i think that that lends so well into things like career coaching as an example. And I think uniquely makes you one of the best people to, to talk about this because not only at this point, have you, you know, did you help us create the program from the ground up, but also you've now seen not just your own business and transition into HTYC, but also you've seen many people that have done it well and struggled and a lot of the things that happen in between. So that's something that I think might be glossed over really, really easily. So I wanted to point that out, but it leads me to my next question too, which is, I think it gives you a really unique perspective on this. So I'm curious, 
you, you and I haven't had this conversation before, but I'm curious, yeah. you know, we're, ha we're recording this in the middle of things like social distancing and, yep. and COVID-19 and, you know, people fighting over toilet paper and a whole host of uncertainty in many different ways. How do you believe that this will impact career coaches or coaches in general? I think that's such an interesting question and to touch back on one of the things that you said too is getting the unique opportunity to talk to everybody who is coming into or happened to your career realm, whether they are looking to do career changes themselves, become career coaches and or both. It's been incredibly interesting to hear how everybody is dealing with it on a personal level, but also yeah. what are the things that they're looking for too? And I think as career coaches, it puts us in such a unique spot because, you know, for a lot of our heroes out there and they're, some of them are, are some of my best friends who are ER doctors, um, are nurses, who are front of the line employees. I was talking with somebody yesterday and she works at a grocery store. And so I personally thanked her. But I think for so many of these people and essentially what we do as coaches is that we have to be the guiding force. And it sounds kind of hokey, but. Essentially, we need to be making sure that these needs that people are still feeling when it comes to switching careers or wanting to find a job that aligns or to get out of a job that is just essentially not treating them very well, especially during all these COVID-19 concerns, is that we're helping these people take action. And as Scott mentioned, like that's something that I do that I was predestined to do growing up in a family business, but it's what we do as coaches and really holding the ability to help them cope with maybe the uncertainty that happens, but essentially do the opposite of what everybody else is doing and take action on the things that are the most important. So I think as, as far as, as what Scott and I have had a lot of behind the scenes chats about this is we almost have a duty as career coaches to make sure we're getting these people to taking action, but sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's been really interesting. We have had a lot of conversations about this behind the scenes. Uh, I have personally worked more hours in the last yeah. few weeks than I have in a really long time in many different ways because people are looking to, well, people are going through and they are getting in some ways what they thought they wanted in many different ways, like you know things like flexibility that they didn't have before or being able to work remotely from home. And then they're realizing this isn't everything that I actually wanted in my career. It doesn't mean it's bad, but it does mean that there's more to be figured out than just being able to work at home remotely from a laptop. And I think it's it's making that really, really clear. And what I know you already know this, but we've seen so many people that have looked to us as career coaches, which is really humbling. And yeah. I feel very honored that that's, that's been the case that they're looking for that light at the end of the tunnel and they're looking to understand how to move through what they really want and, and the way that they want to live and work and do so in these really uncertain times. And I know that you've had a lot of conversations along those lines as yep. well. So I think the opportunity is, is huge in many different ways, maybe even more important for people to have career coaches or people like career coaches to look to and be those guides and be that light at the end of the tunnel in many different mm -hmm. ways. What do you think this will cause career coaching to evolve to in the future? 
Tell me a little bit about that. And I don't know that you and I have had as much of this discussion. I feel like this is the discussion that we should have had seven, seven times over. So, but I'm really interested to hear what what are your perceptions on this? I love this chat, and I'm sure we could probably fill up this entire podcast by just talking about that. But really, where I see it, and same thing, I love your perspective too. But essentially, what we know is the world of work is changing. There's so many people who are working from home now. Employers are going to be much more open to remote types of work. And for a lot of people, I know this is what I joke about all the time. I wish somebody gave me a pamphlet that says, here's what's going to be like when you work <laughs> from home. There's going to be so many more distractions. For me, your apartment, your house will never be cleaner. There's going to be times where you don't want to work at all. Every, you just have to learn so much more discipline. And so essentially what we know is that now things are changing and they're changing more rapidly and especially with the advent of remote work and all those things but what that tells me is this is what i always tell people about the future of career coaching when i'm ever asked when i'm on those types of discussions and calls is that we know the world of work is changing and so what that tells me is that we must get better at change and so our job as coaches is always going to be helping people navigate change because one thing we know is that change is more constant and it's going to happen more rapidly as we go into it. And the other thing that I know too is that as we are getting more enabled as employees, but more as individuals to ask for what we want in our work, there's two opportunities there, which are helping people articulate really what they want. And we work with people every single day about that. But also it's asking more of our leaders of what we essentially want in our roles and our organizations. So in essence, also, there's a huge opportunity to teach leaders how to coach. And I know Scott knows a lot about that too, but what I know about the future of coaching is that there's a lot more opportunities coming up because the world's work is changing and there need people like us to help them navigate through it. Since you have been a part of building the professional career coaching training program from the mm -hmm. ground up, and you have been able to participate firsthand in guiding many career coaches through their first steps, what do you feel like are some of the biggest challenges that people experience when they're going through some of those initial steps and they're going from, hey, I've been thinking about coaching. I find that you know I'm pretty predisposed to it. I'm having those kinds of conversations anyways, and I'd love to be able to make this you know, a full or part-time thing for myself. And you know, when they're in that spot, and going from there into actually making that happen. What are some of those, what two or three of those biggest challenges that you've seen again and again? It's going to be funny because uh, that's a good question. It's going to be funny because you are going to think that some of them are like really small, but then other ones are like, oh, yeah, wait, that one makes sense. But I find so many people, it's the hump of calling yourself a coach. Because there's no stamp out there that says, hey, you're a coach now or things like that. Most often, when most of us got into the career coaching perspective or profession, we at one time called ourselves a coach. And for a lot of people, you're putting yourself out there and you're, you're not necessarily hiding behind an organization. It's you as a coach who is doing the coach thing. And I talked with somebody about this this morning in one of our upcoming podcast episodes. So look out for that where he was going between both of these identities of what he did before and what he was looking for for coaching in the future. And it's super interesting. So I think calling yourself actually a coach or 
adopting the identity of a coach is where I see so many people get tripped up on that hump. And another thing is, is probably right now you're getting a lot of those SH words, meaning I feel like I should do this. I need to be on Instagram. I need to be on LinkedIn. I need to be on blah, blah, blah. If I'm a coach, I got to be everywhere, right? I got to be everywhere. I don't know how I have time for that. Exactly. And so what I tell most people, and it's the art of placing small bets. So essentially we need to figure out where are you going to be best fit for? Is that going to be doing a podcast like yourself? Is it going to be where you potentially find your new clients? Is it going to be doing online virtual kinds of events? We don't know that. But what we can do is essentially take rapid action to find those types of things out. Because the worst thing you can do is what I find most people do is they just think about these things for a while and then it just sits there. And what we need to do is actually get it out to the world, try it out, and don't necessarily get attached to the idea, but let it die and continue to do what works and really knowing that and doubling down on that. And I find the other thing is so many new coaches or especially people who are getting into this profession, they feel like they have to have all the answers. I know I was talking with somebody and they felt like, so wait, what's the right question to ask here? Or what's the next question I need to ask? And it's more about being present in the moment. And what I find is not necessarily feeling you have to have all the right answers, but actually listening to the person and asking what they want to get out of the call and serving on that. So if I had to give like two or three kind of off the top of my head, I definitely would say it's those three. It's so interesting how in some ways these, what could be considered small things actually stop people from getting where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Cause I think when, you know, you think about these as just a list, like the act of calling yourself a coach or feeling like you have to be everywhere and you know, how are you going to do that? Or how are you going to reach people in that way? Or, you know, feeling like you have to have all the answers in some ways, those are all mental in fact, I would say that those are all, yeah. you know, they're all psychological and they are real barriers that real coaches experience every single time when they are growing a business or they're in process of becoming a coach. That that first one, especially transitioning identity. Oh my goodness. That is a weird thing. And I know that if you've listened to season two, season one, you heard references to that a lot from many coaches that we had on. And that leads us actually into another surprise here. Going into season three, we have, well, quite frankly, we wanted to be able to bring you even more stories and do so in a much sooner format. And be able to continue providing seasons. When we started out this podcast, we thought we were going to do like one season a year. And very quickly, we got a huge response from people that just absolutely loved it. So thank you, first of all, appreciate you listening. And also, it's caused us to say, how could we do more? How could we push up the seasons? What would that look like? And it's been really interesting because my time has been really restricted at the same time as we've had some of these questions. And so we started thinking about like, oh my goodness, like I can't continue to do that and be able to put that out. Like who would be the perfect person to be able to go and have these conversations and convey it to you in a way that is really useful to your journey of becoming a coach or growing a coaching business or making that type of transition in the way that you want to. 
and realized, oh my goodness, we have somebody in house that would be perfect. And Philip, you are going to be the host for season three. So I'm really excited to pass the baton off and say, Philip, okay, all right, take this, run with it. Take all these things that you've learned in making this transition yourself in many different ways, experiencing the emotional ups and downs, working with many people in our professional career coaching program, helping us develop that program and everything in between. So can you give a sneak peek as to what's in store for season three? Because I know that you've already been recording some of those episodes and you've sent me a bunch of notes saying, oh my goodness, I'm really excited about this. So what's what's coming up? What can people expect? Oh my gosh. I'm literally, it's taken me everything not to jump up and down right now, but I'm so excited, y'all. It's, it's going to be an awesome upcoming season three. So we're going to be breaking down really the first steps and what this looks like, it's going to be different for everybody. And do you live in a big city? Do you live in a small city? But what are those first steps that are going to bring you momentum now that are essentially going to be those snowball kind of actions that one, two, three, four, ten, whatever years down the line that you're so thankful you did those things now because they t- taught you lessons. And really, we're also going to talk too about what does it really take to start building an audience? People talk about career or careers and and going out and marketing, but what are those essential things that you can do now to really build a following, build an audience, and start getting people to really get behind what you want to say and essentially build that funnel in that's going to bring you clients to build your business. And one of the other things that I'm I'm really excited about because actually came up in one of my discussions this morning. And I find so many people that I talk to is the power of community, but more so the power of community and getting people around you who are going to either challenge you or be the uh, yin to your yang, so to speak. So Scott talks about him and his wife, Alyssa. Scott's the wow and Alyssa is the how. But how do you surround yourself with people who are going to help you build a business, push you outside your comfort zone, but also really help you in your weaknesses? where you might be better at strengths. And I'm so excited to talk about that because I don't think people talk about that enough. And another thing we're going to talk about, this is always happens. I get so excited that it's like five things try to come out of my mouth at one time. But one of the other things is that what we find is that for most of these people, or a lot of the discussions that I'm having right now is that these aren't overnight successes. And inevitably, it took them years to be able to build their business. So what did it look like year one? What it looked like year two? What it looked like year three and four? And what did that first year really look like? And really, the first few days. And so that's all inspiring to get you into action now. That's exactly what we're doing on this podcast. That's exactly why we want to have you listening, is what can you do now, today, even if you're thinking about it, to get you started? And this is, might be leaning into your strengths this might be all those types of things. So I'm super pumped to be hosting this season three of the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. A uh, new coach, who dis? It's me. I'm super excited. And probably, as I mentioned to Scott before we hit the record button, there's going to be a lot more book recommendations in this upcoming <laughs> season, um, just because every single coaching session, but every single podcast I was recording some and I was counting, I think, at least two book recommendations and each one that you're going to get to. So also be able to leave this podcast with a really cool reading list or a nice bookshelf for yourself. You, 
you can email Philip and tell him how many times on each episode he gave a book recommendation. <laughs> Please do. Or you can email me and give me book recommendations there and then go. we'll become best friends and it'll be awesome. And like, that's what I'm so excited about. All of these sessions are going to be like coaching jamming sessions, or at least that's what I think about them as. And just like how you go to musicians and they might jam out together. I think about these as opportunities for people that are like you, like me, like Scott, and we can dive into and nerd out on career coaching. Philip, I'm really excited to have you be able to play this type of part in season three of how to become a career coach. And can you give people a little tidbit of what they get to hear in the very next episode coming up next week? Yeah, y'all, I'm super excited. We are having Jennifer on the next episode of the podcast. And if you don't know Jennifer, she is a master level coach and actually one of the facilitators of our PCC program. And one of the things we're gonna break down, or at least a couple of things we're gonna break down and give you a little bit behind the scenes of what we teach is we're gonna talk more about how do you construct a coaching call so that in each one of your coaching calls, you are getting really clear on what your client's looking for and are able to drive success and momentum from that call and going throughout the time you're chatting with them too. But we're also breaking down what are those biggest things when it comes to strengths and strengths-based coaching. And if I know anybody, Jennifer is an expert and <laughs> frankly, she loves talking about those strengths-based ideas in coaching. So we're going to break down those couple things in the next episode with her. Very cool. Tune in next week, same bat time, same bat channel to the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button so that all the new episodes come right to whatever podcast player that you're listening to. New episodes air every Wednesday. So check us out, hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to How to Become a Career Coach. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast player. For more resources, go to becomeacareercoach.com. Becoming a Career Coach.